Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Jason Coleman, and you are listening to Things That Make You Go Hmm Book Review Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Things That Make You Go Hmm Book Review Podcast. I am your host, the One Man Book Club, Jason Colby. Thank you so much for joining me. Sorry, I'm giggling a little bit because uh, I, I just feel like I've been on a trend uh, these la- probably these last six months to a year where I'm constantly beginning the show by apologizing for not getting you out your podcast on time. But because of the quarantine, I just seem to have... I don't know if it's more time on my hands or if I just have less to do or maybe it just means the same thing. And so I this is the most consistent I think I've been maybe since I started doing these pods, getting you out your your bi-monthly podcast once again. So, uh, yeah. OK, great. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks for joining me. Let's let's get to some books. OK, so I'm just going to I'm just going to go ahead and preface right now that the, this last book that I read, I think in many ways is going to be a game changer in my life. And I'm really happy because I only come across these books maybe once a year, once once every other year where I'm always hopeful that a book will somehow, you know, make me a better person. That's really the reason I read books. I I can, there's a famous quote by Woody Allen that says, uh, people who read for pleasure are wasting their time. And that's, that quote's always stuck with me. I'm not, I'm not thumbing my nose up at people who read fiction for fun. I I read fiction too. Um, But at the same time though, I think for reading, I'm I'm always, especially because I do read mostly nonfiction, that that the books that I read are, are going to somehow make me a better person. I, I think about what the ancient Greeks, when they were, I guess, creating philosophy, they, they didn't see philosophy as some sort of abstract academic subject. They, they saw it as a means of improving your own life. And, it was, and if it wasn't doing that, then, you know, it, they, they wouldn't have seen the point. So that's how I am when I'm w- with these these books that are t- tend to be focused around behavior, psychology, economics, politics, so on and so forth. These are basically things that shape my own thinking, and and I'm always hopeful that I gain some new insight. And if I'm really lucky, it'll actually change my life a bit. Like I, I'll say that my uh, my favorite book from I want to say 20, 2018 was uh, the book by uh, Fumio Sasaki, Goodbye Things, and that just really gave me a new perspective on on how to manage the possessions that I own and how to feel about them. And the book that I'm going to be reviewing today, sorry for this long introduction, is called Digital Minimalism: Choosing a Focused Life in a Newsy in a Newsy in a Noisy World by Cal Newport. And the book is basically exactly what the title says. It's combining minimalism, and I have several podcasts on minimalism, so you know, please check those out. The one by Fumio Sasaki, Goodbye Things, is probably my favorite. But this is how do we do it with the whole digital enterprise uh, invading its way into our life. Uh, I can remember you know, several years ago, actually, my wife was, uh, when she was first beginning her career, uh, at the hospital, um, they were talking, she went to a leadership conference 
and they were talking about this concept called shadow work. And what they were saying is that on one hand, email may have, um, uh, it may save us some time in the sense that we're able to respond to things quick. Same time, it it's a bit of a double-edged sword because they can, your job can now begin to sink its claws into you even when you're not at the workplace. Like they did some study and they said that, you know, like 75% of all people will check their work email when they're on vacation. I think Germany actually had to create a law that stopped employers from trying to contact their employees by phone or by email during off hours for that for that same reason. And I, I want to say that it's... Is it? It's called Parkinson's. Is it called Parkinson's law? I think where they say that um, the amount of work that somebody will do uh, will be proportional to how much time they have to do the job. Like for example, um, if your mechanic, uh, <laughs> if if your mechanic has two hours to fix your car, then the job will take exactly two hours. And so that's exactly what happens. So even though people may have become more productive at the workplace. That doesn't mean that people are all of a sudden doing less work or doing their job in a shorter period of time. It just means they're having, <laughs> they're just getting more work stacked up on top of their plates. So we, we have to, I think if we can look at technology with a little bit of a suspicious eye, then these gains, quote unquote, that we have made might not seem quite as attractive as, as they once did. Now, I've always been aware of this, but I will give the author credit for explaining it in such a way that's very easy to digest and, and very practical. I, I really believe that this author was trying to, um, really trying to give people the skills in a practical way that they could directly use in their life, okay? So, um, he, he breaks the book up into thirds, and the first third of the book, I think, was probably my favorite, where he goes into the, the whole psychology of brain hacking, where, uh, and, and I, I want to say that the, the majority of this book, I, I mean, not completely, but I'd say the majority of it was just learning how to control social media impulses. I, I, social media has just, be, and when I say social media, I'm talking Facebook, how those forces have just like really absorbed a lot of our of our time and down on our productivity as people, not only in the workplace, but our own personal lives. And, and that really seems to be what he's going after. And he was saying that the brain hacking that goes into Facebook is specifically is really fascinating because what they're doing is they're exploiting a few things that people really need based upon our evolutionarily evolved brain. Like, for example, what one of the things that people really need is we need validation. We need people to say, like, hey, you've done a good job. I'm proud of you. I'm seeing improvement. For, for me, personally, I don't really like doing that. Uh, it doesn't come naturally to me. Uh, I, I think that we live in a bit of a, an overpraising society. But even me, you know, like if I'm if I'm if I'm at my martial arts studio and my sensei is like, hey, you know, a uh, nice tackle there, or um, 
you know, I, I paint, fi- I, I know if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I paint figures. And if, you know, some of my, um, the, the painters I look up to or, or my painting coach tells me like, hey, this is, this came out really well. It's a really pretty figure. I mean, my, you know, <laughs> my adrenaline just completely spikes. So it's, it's the need for validation. And I, in a lot of ways, that's what the like button on Facebook does is it, it gives you that sense of validation. Like, oh, people like me. Um, I got so many likes and so now because I got 75 likes and this person only got 20 likes I can now feel more validated than that person my position in the tribe has been elevated through um, through shared respect I through or through shared admiration so there's that thing that the need to be validated okay also um, people tend to be like very sensitive to new information and that and that would have been very important for our paleolithic ancestors where this whole idea of oh some new tribe is coming into uh, some territory oh there's some new there's some new fruits and vegetables that are sprouting or oh there's an animal tribe that is migrating in this direction that type of new information would have been extremely valuable as a matter of fact they did a study to I don't know who did, I don't know the names, but there was a study that was done um, that tried to explain why people like gossiping so much. I mean, <laughs> I know we think t- tend to think of it as an exclusively female thing, but but one of my favorite things to do uh, with people I know is, you know, just kind of chit-chat about, uh, you know, what's going on in the private lives of other people that we know. And that would have been, that would have been really important in our Paleolithic days because, uh, people needed their reputations because if you had a bad reputation, then people wouldn't trust you. And so once, you know, word got out that you weren't trustworthy, that probably would have meant death for you for all practical purposes in your your tribal society. And so, so Facebook is really aware of that. And that's why they incorporated the notifications. So what they're doing is they're, they're notifying you like, oh, um, some important information has just come up and you need to look at it immediately. And I mean, let's be realistic. Uh, I don't know about your experience on Facebook, but from my own personal experience on Facebook, I would say 95% of the time, my note of the notifications are something to the effect of a post that you liked, somebody else liked as well, or a, an obscure group that you never go into or hardly ever comment on has a new post. A post that you commented on, somebody else also commented on. I mean, let's let, let's be realistic. Do you really need a big red dot to tell you that something like that important has come up? Probably not. As a matter of fact, Facebook didn't even really think so either. Their their first um, notification buttons were actually blue, but when they realized that it wasn't sufficiently getting people's attention, they had to turn it. Uh, they they turned it red. So so these are just things to keep in mind that that Facebook is not just some organic. Uh, you know, conceptual ideas of, um, you know, people coming together and sharing ideas and having laughs and keeping up with friends and no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. Mark Zuckerberg is a, is a multi-billionaire for, for a reason. And the reason why is because they have computer programmers working very closely with social psychologists to understand people's needs uh, emotional needs and trying to fill that void with Facebook. And this is where the problem comes in because those emotional needs cannot be filled by digital media. And, and this is really what the author is talking about.
Now, what one thing that we should think about here is what makes humans unique. And one of the things that makes humans unique is our need for our near our, let's I don't know how to explain this. Our need for shared conversational experience. And I don't know if I'm really phrasing that correctly, but one of the things that makes unique uh, humans different than other animals is that we communicate for the sake of communicating. For example, my wife comes home from work and I say, "Hey honey, how how is work?" She tells me. Then she says, "Oh, how's your podcast going? What new book are you going to be reading?" I tell her. Then we start and then I maybe I mention something about a, a new board game that I have my eyes on. She tells me about um, she she's a, an avid runner and she she'll explain to me uh, a new training regiment that she's using. You get the point, okay? And there isn't really there isn't really much of a goal in mind with this. It's just the human need to to share experience with each other. Everybody has this, even the most introverted of people, and I do consider myself to be a pretty heavy introvert, has a need to do this. Maybe on some level I'm doing that right now. And they were saying they tried to, and they and they did a bunch of studies with chimpanzees in the 1970s, where they were trying to teach chimpanzees sign language to see how the, the chimps would communicate. And what they found is that you know, after months and months of research, they found that you can teach a chimpanzee sign language. They, they can learn hundreds of signs, but they're not going to communicate for the sake of communicating. They're only going to communicate insofar as to request something like, oh, bring me some food or um, I want to go outside and play or let's throw a ball. OK, they're they're not going to just start talking for the sake of talking. And that's really what makes humans unique. And I think that's what makes social media so dangerous because it gives us the illusion that we're we're connecting with loved ones and we're having these meaningful conversations when probably neither of which is happening. And, and I'll go in, and let me let me explain that a little bit further. Another study was done <laughs> where they asked people um, who they considered to be their friends, uh, people who they could call in an emergency people who were going to be there for them if they really needed some companionship. Then they actually contacted some of the people that these people mentioned. And what they found is that, uh, you can probably see where this is going, the, the friends who they contacted didn't feel the same way about the person uh, who initially referred to them. In other words, people who we might think are our friends, they might not necessarily think that we're their friend. And I guess Facebook really kind of gives you this impression that if you have so many people on your quote-unquote friends list, that they must be your friend. They're not. <laughs> uh, I, I had to. I decided that before I was going to do this podcast, I was going to sit down and say, "Okay, how many people would act? Could I actually call on if I had a flat tire? I, how many people, if I was feeling really sad and depressed, they would stop what they're doing and try to help me out? Would it be the would?" Do I have 500 people like I, I do on Facebook that would do this for me? And the answer is, is absolutely not. Um, I, it, in, case you're, in case you're curious, um, I came up with about four people, uh, my wife being one of them. I, I have a close friend who I've, I've known for, for many years who we hang out about once a week and, and play board games. I have, a, I have two other friends who I've known since high school who I try to contact about once a month. I have some uh, family members who I try to contact about three or four times a year. And that's about it. As a matter of fact, they've done studies to show that it's almost impossible to have more than seven people in your own close inner circle of friends 
to have tight connections with. If you have any more than seven, then you're going to start to alienate other people. So we can have, you know, probably infinite loose connections with people. And that's what Facebook can provide. But it, but we really shouldn't confuse that with, you know, with, with people who we actually do need to invest, you know, time and resources in, in order to nurture the relationships that we consider to be so important. And that's another reason why the whole concept of the like button, we have to be careful about that. Because when it comes to the like button, it can kind of trick your brain into thinking that you've had a conversation with somebody. Like, let's say, for example, somebody makes some, you know, a two, three paragraph uh, post about the need to, you know, I don't know, um, reduce our carbon footprint because of global warming. And you read through it, you feel really satisfied, you, you agree with the person, you hit the like button. Okay, and now you feel like, okay, great, we have interacted and I have let that person know that I support them. But is that, but the person who made the post, is that really how they're going to feel? Are they going to look through all their like buttons and say, oh, all of these people support me and they agree with me? I mean, probably not. It's kind of, I guess for me, and I'm going to sound like a total hypocrite here, I'm sorry. It's like buying somebody a gift card for their birthday or for Christmas. And before, before you guys jump down my throats here. I just want to let you know 90% of the gifts that I do buy for people are gift cards, okay? But I have to acknowledge on some level I'm being lazy, okay? I really don't want to take the time, the energy. I don't want to waste my resources by buying something for someone that they don't need. So I normally wind up just getting them a gift card. It seems to be the quickest, the most efficient, and nobody ever complains about getting a gift card. But at the same time... I cannot, I, I can't pretend that that wasn't just an extremely uh, lazy, uh, low risk uh, thing that that I took, and it's it's the same situation. It's the same situation here, where we are basically allowing ourselves to feel like we've made these. It, it basically alleviates the guilt. It, it reminds me of that study that they did. Um, with the, it gets cited a lot in a lot of the books that I read. There, there was this. You can look it up on uh, Google. There was a, a babysitting company in in Jerusalem or Israel, somewhere in Israel. And what they found is they were having a problem with uh, parents who were coming to pick their kids up on time. They were coming 10, 15 minutes late. And so what they, what the the daycare facility decided to do, is they decided to charge parents. Um, an extra $5 or something, some nominal cost for every 15 minutes that they were late. Now, what they thought was going to happen was that people uh, would not want to be, uh, you know, they wouldn't want to pay that extra cost. They wouldn't want that penalty. So they would make more of an effort to get there on time. Makes total sense. What they found out what actually happened is that parents started coming even more late to pick up their their kids because now what happened is because you allowed them to pay that penalty fee, that alleviated all of their guilt from from coming to pick their kids up up late. So just be aware that that a lot of times that what that's what might be happening when we just hit the like button or we, you know, we, we make a very quick little comment or something like that. We haven't really connected with the person. We haven't really validated them, but we've tricked ourselves into believing that we have. I know it's incredibly psychological, but like I said, that was my that was probably my favorite part of the entire book. And I'm certainly going to look at Facebook a different way because of it.
Okay. So, um, I, I, what I always try to do within my within my podcasts is I talk about, you know, has this book, is this book applicable into your own personal life? And for me, I've decided to put my money where my mouth is and I have deleted my Facebook apps on my mobile devices. And the author in the book, he talks about some people who just decide to get rid of their smartphones altogether and just get like little flip phones. And they were saying that some of the people who got these flip phones, they realized that texting was going to be a lot more difficult. They realized they weren't going to have access to YouTube and their um, into other sort of apps that they they might find useful, but they said the amount of time and the amount of of you know of psychic energy that they were using and putting into their smartphone was just so much more than the inconvenience of having one of these little very rudimentary rudimentary phones. So I personally, I'm not ready to get rid of my smartphone entirely, but I am gonna. But I did put my money where my mouth is, and I deleted. Facebook, my Facebook apps. I still have a Facebook account, but I want to see if actually having to go onto the computer, log on to my, uh, my, my laptop computer to actually get to Facebook. And at my job, Facebook is blocked, so I don't have to worry about it then. I, I want to see what's, what's going to happen. If you're curious, I'm already on day five with no Facebook app. And most of the time, the author says probably 90% of the time, the people... Um, after they haven't had it for a while, they don't miss it and they don't reinstall it. I actually do miss having Facebook. I miss, uh, you know, being able to distract myself when I don't want to do something like, oh, I have to wash the dishes. I have to do my laundry. I have to grade some papers. Now, you know what? Let me just get on Facebook for 10, 15 minutes first. And and that 10, 15 minutes turns into an hour, which then turns into two hours. And, and then I feel really angry and guilty that I didn't get the things done that I needed to get done. And so, instead of really addressing the problem, it's almost like a, it's almost like a drug. Like I'm just using, I'm, I'm not really addressing why I'm, I'm disliking my tasks and I'm not really trying to find a new way to, to enjoy those tasks. I'm just, I'm basically looking for some sort of escape so I don't have to think about them. And, and it makes me feel guilty afterwards when these things either don't get done or it just took me much longer to complete these tasks than, than it should have. So I, I am missing Facebook from from that point of view, but I will say I've been much much more productive. Um, I'm actually starting to get through my checklists throughout the day. I I feel like a lot of political things that, especially right now in the situation that we're living in with protesters and and rioting and political unrest. I feel like I've kind of been disconnected from that in some ways. Uh, that's not to say that I want to live my life with my head in the sand. If somebody wants, if one of my friends, my real friends, wants to call me up and have a discussion about one of these things, I, I'm more than willing to do that. You know, if somebody wants to go out to dinner, well, I guess you know we can't. Maybe we get some takeout or something, but uh, and, and have a discussion. Uh, in some meaningful way, I, I would love to do that, but I'm not going to get into some sniping contest on Facebook uh, in some group with people who I don't know where the social contract doesn't exist and people act like maniacs and they can just start using all of these personal attacks when they don't even know me, which is what it usually devolves into. Um, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore, and, and I don't miss that at all. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll see whether I reinstall it 
or not. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the first few days were the hardest, but like like any drug addict, the, the longer you go without using, the, the easier it becomes over time. So I, I can go on and talk about this book for another hour, but you know, I like to try to keep these podcasts to 20, 20 to 25 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and end this here. But if you're really serious, if you feel, if you, if you love social media, but you just feel like it's a bit of an energy vampire, it's, it's, it's taking away, it's making you feel unsatisfied in certain areas of your life. I really encourage you to read Digital Minimalism. Um, you don't have to full-on take on this whole, I mean, the author suggests that you just go cold turkey and disconnect yourself from all of your mobile devices uh, for at least a period of time before you reintroduce them back into your lives. I, I didn't take it that far, but but I think social media is really the big one, and and this author makes a really compelling argument. And now that I've had a few days away from it, I'm, I'm starting to see the benefits. We'll see if it lasts or not. Anyway, thank you again for making it to the end of this podcast. I really enjoyed making this. This is definitely one of those books that uh, I, I, I think could really, you know, just make you make make somebody a better person. And that's really the whole reason that I read these books to begin with. So so thank you for making it to the end. Uh, I can probably say with some confidence now, at least while we're in this quarantine, I will be back in two weeks with your next book. I'm not sure what I'm going to be reading yet, but I'll make sure I'll have something for you guys. So thanks again and have a fantastic day and happy reading.